Tony Speaks, and this is my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. Follow us on our journey. Chad Barker has been playing guitar and singing for over 20 years. He has performed in various genres, both as a solo performer and in groups. Chad's training is in classical and jazz voice, which he studied at the University of North Texas, and he has adapted and used that training as a rock performer. Chad has taught beginners and served as a vocal coach for regularly performing veterans. Many people feel that without natural talent, they cannot ever have a singing voice to be proud of. However, Chad Barker believes that in his time performing and teaching, he has seen the evidence over and over again that singing is a learned art. Someone lacking in natural talent can nonetheless make great strides with work and focus and discipline. Chad is proof of that. And today, Chad Barker is becoming disciplined. Today on Becoming Disciplined, we interview the most disciplined musician in America, Chad Barker. Chad, welcome to Becoming Disciplined. We are so honored to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, uh, I, I think uh, I think that my face probably said it all when you introduced me like that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, although I will say, uh, even if I may not, you know, immediately jump at the, 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 the chance to have that title, um, I know that musicians have a, a sort of reputation as being maybe a little bit flighty, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, just uh, not too reliable. So at the very, very least, I want to point out I was early, you know, that that's that's the thing. I, I, do, I do appreciate uh, timeliness and, and punctuality. So I, of course, give that to give that. Right, right, right. Well, I'm sorry to mean to chop on you there. But um, now, now let me stress to everyone that title is a title that we give to Chad and we know it's subjective and Chad is always very humble. We know we, he won't receive that title, but we're going to give it to him anyway. But Chad, before you educate us on how you became such a disciplined musician and you share your current story, I think it's always good for my audience to be aware of your context, the beginning of your story. Every superhero has an origin story. Where did you, where did you grow up? Uh, mostly in Baton Rouge. Uh, I was born in uh, born in Texas, but then uh, you know spent my early childhood in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, uh, stayed there until just before high school, and then uh, high school was uh, was here in Texas, uh, in the Dallas area, and uh, I've been around Dallas uh, ever since. So clearly, I I kind of like it here. Okay. Now, what was your childhood like? Would you consider you, did you have a traditional childhood, a non-conventional childhood? How would you describe your childhood? I mean, I think everybody, what they experience uh, to them sort of becomes normal. You know, that, that's what they expect from other people too. And, and it's not until you have, you know, more experiences that you start to see, you know, that everybody is sort of equally odd or <laughs> different or, you know, just unique and that sort of thing. So uh, for, for myself, um, uh, you know, I thought it was it was pretty normal, but uh, but yeah, not the traditional uh, traditional family sort of thing. Because the reason that I grew up in Baton Rouge was uh, my parents were divorced at the, when I was eighteen months, and so I lived with my mother. Uh, you know, eleven months out of the year, my father just the the one month, and um, and so you know, single mom uh, for the vast majority of my life. Uh, but again, that always that didn't seem like a, an issue or a problem to me it just seemed sort of like normal i hear you i hear you now when you were a child was there someone who inspired you with their level of discipline? oh sure my mother yeah she 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 was the one you know getting things done taking care of you know everything and um you know at, at the time uh i don't think either one of us realized um uh, you know just how much she actually was uh, influencing me and uh, and my you know, outlook on things uh, for good and bad because we're we're humans we're we're none of us are perfect uh, and you know she even though she is an incredibly hard worker uh, and just has that that amazing work ethic um, uh, you know she she hasn't been great with with money for instance and so 
uh, that has sort of influenced me in the opposite direction. I'm, I'm much better with money myself. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, hopefully you can take lessons from either side of things, either good examples or bad examples. So uh, that's what I was trying to do, at least. Sure, sure. Now, when did you fall in love with music? Um, so in here, here's something that I've, I've noticed a lot with my students, you know, because I, I, give, I give a lot of lessons to, to younger people. And just about across the board, um, the, the girls, they start showing up at about 10 or 11, maybe. Um, like, that's when they tend to start listening to music on their own, start really loving it on their own, you know. Uh, and the boys show up about 13, 14, you know, and I fall right into that, like 13, 14, that, that, that range right there. That's exactly when it started to hit me too, you know? Uh, and of course at first it was just, just listening and loving to listen to, to music. Uh, but it, it grew from there, obviously. Um, so I don't know why necessarily those ages, it's just something that I've observed. Uh, but it is, you know, it's, it's pretty universal unless there's something, you know, or someone who really influences them to, uh, to listen and love music at an earlier age. And then sometimes there are, you know, just parents who want their kids to have lessons and, and it's not as much about, um, you know, their, their child yet loving music. It's more just trying to install, you know, the, the discipline of practice and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, there are always different reasons and approaches for people to, uh, to get lessons uh, or take lessons with me. Uh, that's a little extra, so <laughs> go ahead. Now, uh, we time travel on this podcast, so we're going to time travel to your, uh, and and you're going to, you're not going to be able to actually step into the time continuum. You're just going to be able to whisper, because uh, if you stepped into it, you change everything. But if you could whisper to your 15-year-old self and give them, give you, give your 15-year-old Chad Barker any advice, what would you tell that 15-year-old? You know, 15, um, okay, I started actually playing music later than that. So um, by 15, it was, you know, the, the seed was already planted. Like, I don't think there was any doubt that, that that's the direction I was going to go. I was, I was singing. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't doing anything organized or, or, or uh, you know, purposeful yet. Um, but, you know, I might get a little bit more of a head start because, uh, yeah, right about then was kind of the genesis already. Um, so, yeah, if I could go a little earlier, then, uh, then I'd definitely get started a little bit earlier. But, yeah, I, uh, again, I think part of the, the joy of it for me is the fact that it was, you know, it was my choice and my path. And, and, and I really did love music. So. Uh, I don't think I could have changed too much, even with the, regardless whether it's with a whisper or a shout. So, sure, sure. Now, um, can you explain or explain to our audience your musical progression? You say you began with singing, and then later on you began to play. What instruments did you learn, and how did all of that progress? Okay, so uh, voice is my primary, uh, and that's the one that I started with. I um, I started in uh, you know, teenage bands, that's that sort of thing. Uh, but I quickly got into a choir, uh, like as soon as I could anyway. That, that only started in high school, which again was a little bit late. I mean, some of those people in, in high school choir had been singing since they were six, you know, um, like in lessons since they were six, uh, I should say, because, you know, they were, they were very uh, just polished already. Uh, and, I, and of course I got a little bit of a late start. Um, but, and by the way, this was not just high school, this was senior high, so just 11th and 12th grade. Um, and so I started in 11th grade in the, uh, the lower choir, you know, because I was pretty brand new. Uh, and by senior year, I made it into the, the, the good choir, the upper choir, the acapella choir. So, uh, you know, clearly there was some progress made in that year. That's when I started taking lessons as well. My first, uh, my first voice teacher, uh, absolutely taught me a ton and I find myself uh, channeling Miss Clo um, even today uh, when I when I'm talking to people in lessons uh, you know I say some of the same things I use some of the same uh, phrases that she did I even um, there was a uh, 
a commercial of all things, a Borden commercial where Elsie the cow is in a field out singing. And this was how Miss Clo taught me how to uh, how to do a vibrato with uh, with your voice. And, and so uh, you can literally you can see her uh, you can see her goozle. That's what my grandmother would have called it. And her goozle just flapping up and down as she's singing the, these moo moos. And then there's the, the vibrato, you know. And it's really just about that relaxation and that just sort of you know controlled relaxation really is, is what it is in the end but i mean that's that's how i uh that's how i learned uh, vibrato but obviously the the lessons they they stuck with me that's the point um after that um all of my friends at that point pretty much played guitar we didn't need another guitarist and yet i still learned guitar now granted uh that i'm self-taught on uh never took any lessons uh i had a friend of mine who just gave me basically a sheet of chords said learn to switch between them and that was the extent of my instruction uh but it worked out because uh i definitely did i i made use i made good use of that chord sheet i think um and then after that i did study uh study music in college and uh that's when uh, piano came about because they do require piano as a second instrument. They really don't uh, look kindly on guitar as a second instrument when you're uh, trying to do vo vocal as a primary. So uh, I picked up my third, which was piano, and then I picked up a few more along the way as well. Um, like there are lessons where I help people record uh, their music that they write. And um, Usually, I'm the best drummer in the room. That's not saying much, don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, I, I'm the one who ends up playing the drums or the bass or the mandolin or just you know, whatever uh, is kind of not the, the, you know, the guitar or, or just the main vocal or something like that. Although, I'll sing the, their, the, I'll sing backup parts as well for them in those situations. Uh, so, yeah, uh, lots. Uh, that's, the, that's the bottom line. And, um, well, I think that'll probably answer it, and we'll go somewhere else. I'm sure I don't have to keep rambling on. Go right ahead. No, no, no. You're great. You're great. Now, um, do you believe that people have a natural-born talent towards music, or do you believe it's a craft that you just have to hammer on? Which one? Which one do you do you lean toward? It's it's got to be both. Now, I want to be really clear, though. There are people who have more talent than others, you know. And me personally, I. I didn't start out with some innate ability. I really did not have anything to speak of. Um, and so for me, it has been just all about uh, time spent and effort put into it. And, and, and I can't say enough that no matter where your starting point is, you can absolutely make progress. Um, it, it's just about knowing what to work on and knowing how to work on it. You know, that's the bottom line there. But the people with natural talent, I mean, they're going to be a few steps ahead, you know, and if they then also put in the work, like that's how you get, that's how you get the, the people with these crazy, amazing voices. It's not like they're just naturally amazing and that's it, full stop. They still had to work hard to, to get, you know, to the polish that they, they show now. And so I don't want people to be discouraged, uh, you know, just because they, they think they're, um, you know, not talented or not, um, or I, I've actually heard people say that they're tone deaf. And uh, I, I just, I've never, ever met someone who thought they were tone deaf, but actually was tone deaf. Uh, it's really all about kind of learning how to listen. So it all can be learned and i really want people to understand that you can learn just about anything when it comes to to music okay all right well maybe you can help me because at one time this is a little embarrassing i used to want to be a rapper as a as a kid and i i'm actually very good with lyrics but one thing that stopped me cold is i could not rap on beat you know so 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 okay. that's what just that just kind of kill the career so maybe i could work with you at a later time okay. uh, even though i'm 48 i'm Absolutely. old to be a rapper now but uh well now there's old rappers so you never know now uh <laughs> <laughs> there are old rappers now now uh 
what advice do you give to a budding musician to avoid some of the pitfalls and to get more of the thing that they love? Because and, and let me share with my audience why we invited Chad on. And back in the days when I was a spoken word artist hoping to become a rap artist, a failed rap artist, uh, I would see that there were a lot of wonderful musicians who lacked the discipline to handle the business side of things. And, you know, like, matter of fact, even uh, even now when I mentor people or whatever, I had a buddy of mine who him and his hip hop group would kind of hang out in the studio and smoke bud and, you know, not ever really get to the actual recording, you know, where sure. they're hanging out and just not kind of not really focused. Um, the reason why we invited Chad on is my daughters were. Um, were trying to get some musical lessons and we had gone through an online uh an online website and one musician showed up and they kind of did not uh could, could not consistently kind of give us a, a high quality instruction then another instructor showed up and you know kind of flaked out on us and then chad showed up and was like a perfect mixture of musician and almost a military man, like very focused, very square, you know, like, like, uh, could, could knew how to talk to the kids, uh, structured lessons, structured thought process, linear teaching, all of those things. So, I, so I guess let me morph my question a little bit to you, Chad. Um, how did you marry those two things of, of music, but then also having a little more structure than some musicians that I've run into? And uh, what 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 advice do you have for young musicians who may not have that structure? Yeah, uh, and I think uh, I think that's a personality thing first and foremost. Uh, uh, like I mentioned at the at the top, I I may not fit the typical musician mold as people tend to think of it anyway, um, and just the way that I think about things, I do tend to, you know, I, I want to organize things and, and sort of put them in an order. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's kind of uh, built in. Uh, but at the same time, especially when you're starting with someone young, uh, like your daughters, um, I really just want to build them a broad foundation. You know, I don't want to uh, go with a laser focus on one aspect you know, I, I want them to, to be able to make some connections and just see that music is music. And we're working on multiple instruments and, uh, you know, they uh, they can see when we go from voice to guitar to piano that um, that it's all sort of following the same uh, the same rules, if you will, although rules is a harsher word than I would use, actually. Uh, so so that's the thing that I would probably suggest for most people is um and, and that touches on what you were talking about with uh the the business side of things you know if you are too focused on just one thing and i know that society right now is all about you know specialization and you, you must be specialized to really you know be able to have earn your place in the world essentially um but start out with a, a broader idea. I mean, you can always specialize when you know what actually is effective for you and effective in the, the field that you're in, that sort of thing. You know, you can specialize down the road, but start out with that, uh, that broad idea first. Uh, so for, for me, um, the thing that probably encapsulates it best is that band sort of situation. Like if you are in a band, um, there are a lot of things that you have to get used to and, and or just be okay with because uh, uh, some of them are not, you know, great things, but they do help in, in the end, you know, and a lot of it is that interpersonal uh, interaction. You you have to be able to, to deal with a bunch of disparate personalities and, uh, you know, still manage to come out with some sort of end product that you're all proud of. And that's hard because not everybody has the same, you know, taste in music. Not everybody has the same vision for where they want to go. Um, so you do have to, you have to compromise. You have to, uh, you know, communicate and, and figure out how it is that you're actually going to put this thing, this whole thing together. And then if you're actually going to play, which I highly recommend for, uh, for musicians in general, just at playing out, you know, I know that right now we're kind of 
uh, we've put a lot of playing on hold with the, with the pandemic and everything. But uh, you know, now that things are coming back open, uh, you know, uh, there's the business side of it right there because you've got to be able to talk to um, people who book for uh, for venues. You got to be able to talk to you know owners who uh, who might or might not be so willing to pay for uh, for musicians in general. Uh, might not be willing to part with the money once the uh, once the uh, performance has been done. That sort of thing. You know, there's there's just there are there are things that you have to uh, sort of be a little bit. You know, you have to be on top of them. You have to be a little cutthroat about them. Uh, because yeah, I think a lot of people sort of um, undervalue musicians in terms of in terms of just that, like what what people tend to pay us uh, when we perform, you know, in smaller places, smaller venues. Uh, you know, they they show us basically how much they value us, uh, and and it's not usually a whole lot. But you've got to have those those uh, experiences so that you uh, you can. Uh, you know, keep things uh, organized and keep things moving forward. So playing out would be probably the number one thing uh, for for all musicians. And I, I know that that's a weird thing for me particularly to say because I am such an introvert in my normal life that I'm not the usual, you know, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, I'm on stage kind of, kind of person. And honestly, now that my playing days are over, which they most likely very much are, um, I, I kind of breathe a sigh of relief, you know, but I'm still happy that I went through it because, uh, you know, it, it's, it is part of this, this discipline that it, that is required. And, um, even just the practice uh, aspect of it, you, you are there with this group of other people. And if y'all don't practice together, it doesn't matter how much you practice by yourself. If you don't practice together, it's not going to come together. It's not going to sound like a finished product, you know? So um, there are different layers of the, to the, uh, the structure and the discipline of it. So now, have you ever thought about being a, a manager? Uh, see, I do not want to deal with uh, the owners and the bookers. No, <laughs> uh, even though I've had to, I don't really want to, uh, and especially not on, on behalf of someone else. I know that, you know, it could, I, I could make it easier for someone, but you know, again, me being uh, very much the introvert, I'm I'm happier with my life uh, being a little bit more uh, reserved and held back at this point. So I think I'm going to stick with this. Uh, so no, thank you. But with all of that in mind, what genre of music do you prefer to play or to sing? Um, I'm see, see. When I was with bands, I was always kind of the um, the everything guy like i think i think i've already sort of established that you know i play a lot of instruments and i i i have the music theory that not all all musicians actually have because you know i i studied it and and that sort of thing so i'm the one who can sort of arrange things and uh change keys and uh you know just generally things that need to be done in music but are not necessarily common knowledge just from people who know how to play but might not you know, understand the, the underpinnings. Um, so when I was, when I was doing things like that, it was never my thing, my endeavor, you know? So I always play like hard rock, uh, for, for the most part, just cause that's what, that's where people sort of found me or, uh, those are the people that sort of found me, I should say. Um, but and I, and I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It, it is a lot of fun playing real heavy stuff, uh, you know, but if I were left to my own devices, it'd be more of a singer songwritery sort of thing, just, you know, an acoustic guitar and, and a voice and, and that's it. And I've certainly done that as well when I've sung, uh, or when I've performed rather by myself, uh, like in restaurants and things like that, it's always something like that, just an acoustic guitar and a voice. And, uh, those are always, those are always fun too, because, um, uh, again, I, you know, not having to be in the middle of all of the interpersonal uh, things with a with a band, it's nice to just be able to you know okay I I know these songs I can just go uh, go out and sort of uh, sort of play them without a whole lot of uh, of, pre of the pressure behind it uh, because if I mess up number one uh, my mess ups are. Uh, 
they're they're going to be pretty few and far between. I've done this again. I've done this for a while. I'm pretty practiced. Uh, even if I do lose track of something, you know, in the process, I can recover. Uh, and when I'm by myself, uh, it's actually a little bit easier to recover to in my mind anyway, even though it seems very exposed, you know, I can sort of play things off if I do make a mistake and I'm human, so I'm gonna occasionally. Um, but the, um, The hard part uh, of that compared to uh, with a bunch of people, though, is uh, is just that I've got these hundreds of songs in the back of my mind somewhere. And uh, if someone ever asked me to just play something like and I'm not I'm not already in that headspace, my mind immediately goes blank. I've forgotten forgotten everything that I've ever learned ever. And so like if I'm uh, if I'm if I just get that sort of open-ended request, yeah, I'm done for. If they ask for a specific song, I can probably help them out though. So that was just, sorry, that was just off uh, a quick association there. My wife and I noticed you're very disciplined with your time and you're very structured with, with your time. What calendar tools do you use and do you have any time management tips for people who uh, run virtual classrooms? So um, the, as for calendar, I, I just make sure that it's usable for me. It doesn't, it, the, the, the format doesn't really matter as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I use uh, mostly just the, the Google, Google Calendar, but I color code everything. So, you know, I can just see at a glance when I've got a lesson coming up. And, you know, I do in-person lessons as well as online. And so, you know, I, I need to know if I need to go somewhere, obviously, as opposed to uh, just being ready here. Um, so, you know, just little things like that where I can just sort of see it at a glance. And it's, it is, of course, it's handy being the Google Calendar because I can, it, I can carry it around with me. And, you know, it's, it's always kind of, uh, kind of the same. And I, I can just look at it at a glance and not have to, you know, study over it or anything. Uh, so that's the number one thing. Uh, as far as, um, like, time management within the classes themselves, though, again, I've been doing this for a while. So that's the main thing is I kind of know the pacing. Uh, based on based on experience, um, but then also I'm in no rush, uh, and I really want to emphasize that to someone who is uh, starting uh, starting with music or um, you know somewhere deeper into it than that. But um, you know progress is not going to be instant, and uh, it just takes consistency. So. I'm going to, I mean, you're probably, if you're hearing the lessons, you know, while they're going on, you're going to hear me say the same sorts of things over and over again, because, you know, repetition definitely helps with uh, retention. And so I am, I'm going to say the same phrases a lot. Uh, and that's that whole broad foundation for, uh, for your daughters. You know, I want, uh, I want them to sort of have the same vocabulary as I do so that we can all talk about this and eventually we can have this shorthand where we don't have to uh, we don't have to uh, explain everything ad nauseum we just we know and we can make those changes quickly and and move on you know so that's that's really handy for me is establishing the uh, the vocabulary so time management um, I'm not looking at the clock or anything like that I don't have a timer uh, or anything like that. Uh, it's just I know that I uh, I don't want to overfill the lesson with a bunch of stuff. That's the that's the main thing. So I will ahead of time I'll have you know one or two things uh, that I want to focus on for that lesson and uh, you know make sure we hit those. If there are any questions though, I love questions. I have, I always want to make time for questions. Uh, and then you know if there's anything else, I've got the background to just throw anything else you know out that is sort of uh, associated with the things that we've already looked at you know but those main two things that that's the biggest part because i do have hour lessons and half hour lessons and so with the half hour lessons you really kind of have to you know get get straight to it a little bit so that's cool. about it cool now uh, malcolm gladwell has a uh a thought that he put out there that it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at any craft. Mm -hmm. For someone who spent a great deal of time teaching others and also um, becoming a master yourself at something, can you, what are your thoughts on that? So the, 
I, I do think it's 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 awfully specific. You know, uh, I think uh, I think it's probably going to vary a little bit more than you know. You hit the ten thousand hour mark and boom, you're you're an expert. You know, but uh, it does take time. Absolutely, it does take just you know time spent. And I absolutely can attest to um, you know needing those those repetitions uh, along the way to make things. Um, as effortless as you can, and that's that's one of the things that I really uh, preach to my my vocal students, especially, is that if it feels like you're forcing it, like you're pushing, you know, kind of a lot, um, you're actually getting in your own way. You know, I want it to feel more effortless, so that you you can know that um, number one, you're not doing harm to your vocal cords you know i want you to be able to sing for the rest of your life uh so if you're just constantly feeling tight and pushed and all of those things you know that's a possibility you know you could be damaging your vocal cords with that uh but if you are pretty relaxed and open and just uh just generally things feel like they're always in a sweet spot kind of thing well that's that's a good sign you know so um so anyway, get to the point where you can play whatever that the instrument may be. Get to the point where you can play in that effortless fashion, you know. And yes, it'll take a while. The ten thousand hours is, you know, it, it's at least that for for most people. Some people they do have that head start natural talent that you know might make it a little bit shorter than that. But uh, but yeah, I think it's a good thing to shoot for for sure. But don't <laughs> don't get too uh, focused on that that number because it can be intimidating, especially when you're starting out. If you've ever divided ten thousand hours into you know however many days or years you want to spend on uh, you know whatever endeavor, it's intimidating. It's it's a lot of time, you know. Uh, so uh, you really have to, have, to me anyway, you have to break it down into smaller chunks uh, and. Uh, you know, spread it out over a longer time to um, to not fall into that trap of just being so specialized, you know, because yes, you can do this for, for eight hours a day. And I'm sure a lot of parents would love for their kids to practice uh, whatever that they're, they're trying to be really good at for eight hours a day. But the reality is that person, the person that does that is only that thing at that point. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to get people to um to to be so razor focused that they can't laser focused rather that they can't um you know they can't do anything else in their life uh, so you know it's still a balancing act as far as that goes as far as i'm concerned now we need to hear your voice on that because the uh, specialization of skills is uh, being focused on so much in our society that uh, as an example there are certain athletes who are their Achilles heels are blowing out, you know, earlier than it used to blow out because of yeah. our society's special specialization of, of skills focus. And and just to coincide with something you said earlier, there's a guy who has an interesting theory, and I don't agree with everything this guy puts out for our audience members, but there's a there is a uh, there's an artist named uh, Scott Adams where he has a book on how to how to lose big and fail at everything and still be a success or something to that degree. And he basically said something similar to what you said. The reason why he became the writer of the Dilbert cartoon and became so rich and famous is that he was, he was a funny guy, but he wasn't the funniest. He was a business guy, but he was not the greatest business person. He could draw, but he wasn't the greatest artist, but those overlapping skills putting, you know, funny business and also drawing, he put all those three together and became, you know, he's worth $60 million. So, so uh, those overlapping skills can go a long, long way. So uh, I just wanted to put that out to our audience because you, you know, you mentioned about specialization of skills and being able to do more than one thing and, and working on those various tasks. Uh, now, uh, Chad, what book do you recommend that has helped you the most on your life journey? Uh, you know, I I like the uh, Tim Tim Ferriss's kind of whole line of things, the four hour you know body work week, uh, the, all of those you know types of things. 
I think they have a lot of a lot of good to offer. Again, like you though, um, with Scott Adams, I, I'm not saying that everything he does is magic or anything like that, but uh, I think there's a lot to be taken from that, just as far as uh, you know, streamlining and uh, being efficient with your time, and uh, and I I'm certainly uh, I'm I feel like I'm coming into it more at, at this age uh, certainly. Because, you know, when you're younger, you just you always feel like you have all the time in the world and nothing is, you know, so pressing. Uh, but but now, uh, you know, obviously I can I can see that, uh, that yeah, time is our limited resource. So I'm uh, I am trying to be or I, I like to think again that I've succeeded in being uh, far more efficient in just, you know, a lot of the things that I do just by being mindful about it, you know, and, and I do think that that's, that's important to, uh, you know, think about where you're going, uh, rather than just kind of always being in the moment. But uh, again, it's, it's a hard thing to, to say, you know, uh, think, think ahead, think ahead, think ahead, and then you do lose those, those moments. So um, I definitely am, again, I'm trying to be a little bit of a lot of things. I, I love that I can live in the moment and, and just enjoy what's going on right now. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to necessarily waste time either, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a little of both and I'm always struggling with that, uh, that path, I, I think, but uh, you know, I'm feeling better. I'm certainly feeling better about that at this point. Awesome. 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 Yeah. I found out about Scott Adams through listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast. That's where I first, Rain okay. by the way. So yeah, we're big. I'm a big fan of uh, of Tim Ferriss as well. Um, if this podcast would just grow to the Tim Ferriss level podcast, I would, I would, I would love it. I would love it. All right, I could afford eight hour uh, music lessons at that time. You know, there you <laughs> now <laughs> and becoming the, oh, well, also Tim Ferriss moved. He moved down to your way. He's down in Austin now. So. I don't know if you knew that. That's right. A lot of people are moving to Austin. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of podcasters, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, and everyone else. Uh, now, at Becoming Discipline, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas. Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. Now, which of these do you consider your strongest points? And which could use some work? And if you do have an area that could use some work, um, what is your plans in 2021 to, 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 to change in that particular area? Okay. So do I really have to just choose one? Because uh, <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember reading this, uh, uh, like the, that, that, that list, uh, and... <laughs> I just I, I saw kind of the the life progression in it. You know, you were you were asking about how how my musical life progressed. Well, I saw the just general life progression in in that list because, okay, I think naturally, um, my um, my mental discipline is probably my greatest asset. Like that is something that I didn't really have to work on very much. I think, uh, I think, you know, that was, that's just a blessing. That's just kind of who I am or, or, you know, a big part of who I am. So that's kind of a starting point, right? But then, uh, I mean, the, the emotional intelligence aspect, um, I think a lot like music, people underestimate the ability to learn anything to do with that as well because um i know that there are people who naturally develop for instance empathy um but not everybody has naturally has empathy or naturally will develop it but you know what i truly believe that you can you know just want to develop empathy just see that it is a useful and you know humanizing um idea and you can just kind of practice your way into being a more empathic individual, you know? So there's, there's still work that can be done even on things that you aren't naturally gifted on. And I, I do think that, uh, 
my emotional intelligence in general uh, is something that I have worked on. Uh, just you know, being more observant uh, of, of people and um, and being more empathic. I, I, I that's definitely something that I put uh, a priority on uh, at at some point. You know, uh, then there's the um, the time management, which again goes goes to that idea of uh, you know being efficient with my time and, and all of that, and that's developed over uh, over the years as well. Um, the the financial discipline uh, I, I mentioned before was uh, you know a little bit because of uh, a you know not a great example. Uh, not that she's you know gone bankrupt and you know or anything like that. It's just you know she she didn't realize she had as much money as she did. When she was, uh, even when she was a single mom raising me, you know, so the the money just sort of went away. It just sort of got got spent without really too much thought about it. And so I, you know, I definitely have had more financial discipline because of that. Um, and then there's the um, the physical discipline. And here's where probably the most recent example for me, because you were talking about uh, Achilles uh, injuries uh, in athletes. Well, I got the uh, the dreaded ACL tear myself in my uh, in my left knee, uh, and so, um, the, uh, which is a whole big dramatic story that I, I won't necessarily get into. <laughs> but um, it did force me for the last you know two and a half years now, uh, basically to prioritize you know that physical uh, aspect because for the first year after the injury, my primary goal was to get back to where I was, you know, better even. And so I prioritized that in in such a way that I just made sure that I did my workout first thing in the morning. Like I was doing six workouts a week every, uh, every you know, six, six mornings a week, I would work out and do something with my knee. And that, you know, grew from there as far as um, what I worked because it wasn't, you know, it turned into more than just uh, trying to rehab my knee, but uh, also just enjoying it for for its own sake. Uh, but I mean, it's been two and a half years, and I'll tell you what the the willpower can fade, but habit that sticks with you, you know. So for the past two and a half years, six mornings a week working out. That's my habit now. Like that's the first thing that I do when I get up is I go down to the garage and I I work out. You know, so um, that's just the latest example. But like I say, it's been you know one after another after another, and so I don't know if I can choose just one. But the physical is the latest one. If uh, if that finally answers it, anyway. Sure, sure. No, no, no. That is great. That is great. Now you mentioned earlier. You said uh, my playing days were over. Now. Uh, or something close to that, and, but you know the Rolling Stones—they're—they're uh, they're out there, you know, 70, 80 years old, still uh, singing away. Uh, is it just—are you were you tired of the road, or or you wanted something more stable, or or do you do you believe that there's a there's a time limit? Because there's some who have defied that time limit. So, what what are your thoughts on that? There, there, there's definitely no time limit. No, no, you're absolutely right. If you're, uh, you know, if you love it and, you know, you, you know, just being on the road is, uh, is that important. I mean, absolutely. You can keep doing that. And, um, uh, for me, I mean, obviously the knee had an impact just number one, I couldn't, I couldn't lug my gear around for a while, you know? So, so I was not playing before the pandemic shut everything down. Um, and, and then the pandemic, you know, extended my, my sabbatical away from performing. And now, no, it's, it's really just, it's my choice to stop playing at this point. Um, you know, I could go back to it and everything, but yeah, I realized that, um, because I'm just, I, I am more of an introvert and I don't need to be on stage. Like there, there have definitely been people that I've played with who, they have that personality where they want the attention, you know, and, and that's, that does feel like it's missing, like something's missing when they don't get to perform. Uh, but it's not that way for me, you know, as long as I have, you know, a friend or two that I can occasionally play for and, you know, they actually want to hear me, Hey, uh, I'm happy with that. You know, it doesn't have to be in front of, you know, hundreds or thousands of people. It just, uh, I, I enjoy those more intimate sort of, uh, 
sort of performances for people that I know anyway. So I will be okay with just that. But yeah, I've just, I've chosen, I've figured out, you know, after the knee injury and then the pandemic that, you know, I like this. <laughs> I, I, I like not having to, uh, to, um, you know, go out and sort of have that anxiety of performing, um, uh, just, you know, just getting up in front of a bunch of people again. And, uh, and, and, you know, knowing that I put in the time, don't get me wrong. I practice is what, what makes getting up on stage, um, you know, fun, because if you, if you practice enough, then you get up there and you just know that it's going to be there, you know, then you can sort of pick your head up. You don't have to just, you know, put, put your head down and stare at what you're doing the whole time. You can just sort of pick your head up, look out on the crowd, you know, enjoy yourself up on stage, that, that sort of thing. But yeah, there is, there's absolutely anxiety on my part um, because I do, I want to, I, I want to uh, do a, you know, do an excellent job. And um, there's always a lot going on in, in my mind as far as, all of the different things that I have to do again, being the sort of everything guy in most of the bands that I've been in. So, um, anyway, no, there, there is no time limit. I have imposed this upon myself and it's, it's not necessarily that I've closed the door forever. It's just that I'm liking this right now. And so I'm definitely going to, uh, to stay away from performing for the time being that that's all, but that's just me. And again, I, I know I'm giving advice to musicians that they should play and then, you know, not playing myself, but I promise I've done plenty of it. I've done plenty of playing. So. <laughs> now, Chad, I'll just give you this prediction, even though you're not the type of guy who is seeking it. I just have a feeling. I just have this feeling that, uh, I don't know whether it'll be in management or in music itself. I have a feeling the uh, uh, things are going to shift towards you in this next decade. Because, and here's my point. Let me just make this point with you: is that society always gravitates to the opposite. You know, we 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 do we go in one direction for years and years and years, and then we go into the other direction. So, in a world filled with self-promotion. And a world filled with people uh, not trying to be mean to them, but the Kardashians, you know, <laughs> uh, and the world filled with uh, with people who focus on specialization of skills. I think there's going to be a market or a voice for people like yourself who who says, hey, you know, uh, broaden your horizons and also don't look at me, you know, uh, uh, look at the look at the work. So I, I definitely think that there's going to be a market for people. Who, who speak like you and think like you and move like you. Um, and, and we'll just, we'll, you know, just not saying that's a prophecy, that's more of a prediction, all right? Thank you. <laughs> all right, well, Chad, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You didn't have to do this. You didn't need to do this. We truly appreciate it. You have the last word. And just want to let you know what your audience is. I call my audience the Get Better Club. We're very small right now, but they're just people from around age 30 to age 55 who are just trying to get better they're trying to be a better version of themselves so do you have any closing thoughts for the get better club of how they can become better versions of themselves in music in in singing or just in life uh, absolutely uh and uh, again the, the my latest one the physical discipline you know just just working out uh like I'm, I'm 44 years old. I have never been in better shape um, because, you know, and it was out of necessity. I'm not going to lie. It's not like I, uh, not like I chose it necessarily. And I was never a workout guy before this, but again, I have come to, to really enjoy it for its, uh, for its own sake, for, for the process, you know, and I'll tell you what, um, progress is not a straight line um, in anything, you know, you're not going to just get five pounds more every single time you, you put something on the bar. Um, you know, some days you're, you're not going to feel your best and, uh, and the weight is going to show that, but um, it still adds up. You know, if you zoom out and you look at the macro focus, uh, you'll see just how much progress that you've made. And that applies to, to so many things. So if you have the, the habit built up, just the habit of putting some time in, uh, you know, every day or close to every day, um, then you're going to see that progress. And so with music, um, I start kids off, for instance, 
doing five minutes at a time. And I, I, I feel bad because their, their, their tiny fingers hurt by, you know, pressing down on the guitar strings and everything. So five minutes at a time is just so that they can, you know, not kill their fingers. But, you know, I say five minutes and then take a break and come back and do five minutes more. Take a break, come back and do five minutes more. You know, if you, if you do that several times a day, you're still getting, you know, however much your total amount of time that you're looking for is. Um, but you're not killing your fingers. So if you if you do that uh, for, uh, for for music, you know, just a little bit of time, and you start to realize that you're going to build up your tolerance. You know, uh, there was a time when I was performing five days a week, three hours at a time, and I guarantee you, you do not just jump into that. You know, uh, if you do, you're going to burn out spectacularly and quickly. Um, but if you build up to it. Um, then that three hours a day doesn't feel like a whole lot. Uh, so um, just do things, you know, be consistent uh, at, at how you or what you do and um, the progress will come and you'll be able to see it on the other side. And especially if you make note of your progress, you know, if it's physical, like take pictures, take pictures of what you look like so you can see the, the transformation, you know, uh, make a log of the, the things that you lift so that you can see that you're lifting, you know, 50 pounds more than you were six months ago, you know, um, just try to keep some sort of record. And by the way, when it comes to music, um, if you're, if you are writing something, um, you think it's the best thing you've ever written and you're definitely going to re remember it tomorrow. You're not going to remember it tomorrow. Record it right now. Don't wait. Just put it down right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chad. Everything that Chad just said is all in the books. It's all in the books of all of the people who study these things. Uh, so I just wanted to just give him extra. I wanted to give confirmation or co-signing or whatever you whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, you can read it in all of the books about habit formation and uh, how we truly change. It's uh, as, as Coach John Wooden said, uh, yard by yard is hard, but inch by inch is a cinch. So uh, slow and steady wins the race. Thank you again, Chad. We can't thank you enough. And, and thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for being such an awesome teacher to my daughters. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, believe me, I, I was not expecting to be uh, invited on something like this uh, at all. And uh, it was definitely a scary thought for me, uh, but at, at the same time, hopefully I have given, you know, a, a little bit different perspective uh, just from where I'm coming from, just, you know, the, the music aspect and, uh, and that sort of thing, because I know some of your other guests ha have been, you know, very business oriented or, uh, you know, uh, spirituality and faith oriented. And, and I want to, you know, again, I want to round things out a little bit. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, you did do that. Thank you.